nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. I will be your host for today's nonprofit MBA podcast. I am, for those of you who don't know me, I am co-founder of Financing Solutions, and over the last 12 years, uh, Financing Solutions is the leading provider in the United States of lines of credit for small nonprofits. Yes, there's a company that specifically provides lines of credit to, to people like yourselves, and we've been doing it for a while. We're really good at it. Um, our clients love the product, and it's a good thing to have in place just in case. If you're interested in learning more about the line of credit for your organization, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Today, uh, we also have a sponsor, Arraise. It's spelled A-R-A-I-Z-E. I really believe in this company. I actually use it for one of the nonprofits that I'm on the board on. Arraise is accounting software that's specifically made for small to medium-sized uh, organizations uh, it's uh, it's specifically designed for nonprofits. So if you're using something like QuickBooks or something else that's not made for a nonprofit, so you know you kind of it's like a square peg in a round hole type of scenario. Um, in uh, if you're interested in learning more about arrays, please visit their website at a r a i z e dot com or call them and you can ask for Joe at eight six six eight four zero seven four four nine and tell joe that steven spent you sent sent you uh today i am very excited to be speaking with matt nash from the blackballed giving fund um matt is the executive director of the blackballed giving fund leading the organization's mission to unleash generosity by connecting people to causes they care about around the world an experienced executive with focus on customer relationships, he previously served as the executive director of the Generosity Commission Working Group, where he continues to volunteer, focusing on implementing a research agenda uh, aimed at more deeply understanding generosity in America. Previously, he was senior vice president of marketing and donor experience at Fidelity Charitable, where he studied donor behavior and worked to make charitable uh, make giving accessible, simple, and effective. An expert donor in donor-advised funds and philanthropy, Matt is an advocate for local public education, having served as a foundation president funding innovative in education programs and on the board of advisors for District C, a nonprofit that brings students together across schools to solve real problems of local businesses. Um, Matt, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Well, Stephen, it's my pleasure to join you. Yeah, you know, I usually don't read uh, a long bio. I usually uh, limit it to five sentences. But in your case, uh, I really liked your bio. And so I said, you know, let me uh, let me kind of give our audience a, a, a good in-depth of your uh, your career. And today we're going to be talking about key ways nonprofits can engage with current and potential donors. And uh, if you had to put one, to say one word or one sentence in the key way that nonprofits can engage with current and potential donors, what would you say? Know the donor. 
yeah. and know how they behave and how they like to behave, I think is what it really boils down to, which is where I spent a lot of my time as uh, is, is leading efforts to focus on donors. I'm always trying to connect the donor to the nonprofits. And as I was doing that, I was learning an awful lot about you know how donors think and and uh, what what they're doing and why they're doing it. I think that's really important. Yeah, I think there's a side benefit other than a really, really. Um, I, I hate to say the word. I'm a salesman by nature, saying closing the deal, but uh, it sure makes business a lot more fun, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, when well, do you? Okay. Go ahead, finish up. Yeah, I was going to say, if if you if you know people, if you know how, how they think, you can you can design things, you can react to them, you can help them, uh, you can allow them to do what they want to do in a way that that resonates with them. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think there you probably should put together a, a a list of questions that you want to get at almost every meeting with somebody. Like some of the ones I would think of is how many kids they have. How old are they? What? Why is this person potentially interested in making a donation? Um, and this, you know, off the top of my head, where do they live? What do they like to do when they're not? Well, what do they like to do? Right. These are all, you know, you know, the, you know, and then there's other things. You know, where did they grow up? And you know, what do they like to do now? And you know, the, you know. You get a flavor for the person as a person. Would you agree with that? I think so. Yes. Uh, it, it, in addition to all the other things that have to be done, right? I, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who's a very successful fundraiser for a large organization. And we were talking at the time about, you know, the databases and, you know, how you track people and, you know, figure out what their trends are and all that. And we got done with the present with the conversation. And she said, you know, Matt, when all that's done, now you're to the point where what fundraisers are really supposed to do, which is to inspire, you know, help the donors achieve what they're inspired to achieve. Yeah. And it's hard to know how to do that until you get to know who they are. Even if you can't know them as individuals, as long as you, as you if you can know them as sort of categories and groups, um, like for instance, we deal with a lot of employees because Blackwell Giving Fund supports workplace giving. And one of the things that we've learned about that is that many of these employees have never really pulled the trigger on a donation that was their own choice. They would maybe, you know, in their, in their younger lives, they may have done something supporting what the family's always done or what the school are involved with is, is involved with. But then when they get to workplace giving, it's like, okay, it's open for you to give to who you want to give to. And that's a shift in them. And knowing, just knowing that as a provider, you can, it helps you figure out how to appeal to them, right? Because, it's their first time. So what's important for their first time? Well, let's get them to introduce, you know, let's introduce ourselves to them so that they get to know us and, and what are experiences we can create for them that would allow them to see the great work that we do as a, as a nonprofit, because you're, you're, you're starting that process of trying to connect with them, starting that process of helping them see how you can support something that is important to them. Yeah. I think the, the big mistake that a lot of people do and they go in there and they right off the bat start telling the uh, listener uh, or the d- potential donor about the organization. And I don't think it, it, sh- it shouldn't start off with that at all, should it? Should start out with at least 
what are you looking to do? Yeah. You know, what do you want to support? And what, what brings and then, you here today? Yeah. Right. What brings you here today? And how can our, our, how does our mission line up with yours? Yeah. Cause right? you know, the, I, the, the selfish part of it too, is you might spout out all this information and say something that the person doesn't like. <laughs> Right. Or start off on the wrong foot and go in a different direction that they weren't expecting. Yeah. 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 I mean, people want to be heard. They want to be listened to. Right. And if you go in there and you're the one doing all the talking, you're not really listening, are you? Yeah. Now, here's a challenge that I see is that, you know, we're we're dealing with, you know, we have 8.4 million employees on this yeah. platform. Yeah. Uh, the nonprofits are, are trying to figure out, all right, who are all these folks and which ones can appeal to, uh, which ones would, would us connect together with. And uh, that, that starts a journey of, of trying to define just some basics that get to, you know, like a real simple level. And one of them is, you know, all of these programs that, that, that are now people are using to, to give are involving some sort of intermediary system. Like, you know, there's, there's platforms that people use. It's, you know, PayPal giving fund and, and all these other type funds, and they all operate in a very similar way, right? They, they put together a database of nonprofits that these donors can go uh, search through and see which ones line up with them. And the, the, on, the, on the nonprofit side, they give them the opportunity to tell them tell something about themselves. Um, but you know, if the nonprofits are really busy because they're trying to, you know, work on their, all their different campaigns and programs that they have, sometimes it's hard to take the time and, and know how important it is to, to present yourself, to present your story in a way that would, would resonate with somebody. And I think that's a, a key component of it too, because, before you get the chance to interact with them, there's a research point or the you know, research process that's going on or a connection process where the donors are, are looking for who to give to. If they're working for a company, the company might be helping them with saying, hey, we're, we're doing a, a give back day or a volunteer day uh, in September. And so here's the kinds of things that we're going to get our, our employees involved with. And so now employees are beginning to self-select. Which one do they want to participate in? Do they want to go, you know, work on the project to, to help somebody clean up a park, or do they want to, you know, help a nonprofit uh, put together a, a website? You know, um, and those differences then se begin separating out, out the donors, and the nonprofits are in a position to have to start by defining who they are, defining what they do, and how they operate, so that there's some basic information that donors can use to to help them figure out where they want to give. What, what is the average donation that, uh, you know, one of your um, donors gives? Uh, in a given year, a typical employee will give about $825. And then that's matched with a corporate match to the, to, you know, on average uh, gets the, that don that $825 donation up to about $1,200. Now that, so that I, wouldn't be one that wouldn't necessarily be one donation. That's like what they would give in a year. Yeah. So I, I mean, honest, I think I kind of misunderstood a little bit about what your organization does. I thought it was much, you know, but today's conversation is more, you know, was more geared toward, I thought, higher level um, uh, donors so that you can spend a lot of time with them. But in your case, you can't do that, can you? 
no, it's it's tough. It's uh, you can you can spend a lot of time with the companies that these nonprofits work with because the non the companies are creating a program. They call it customer social Resp- or uh, corporate social responsibility CSR, and what they're doing is they're they're building programs that employees will engage in and creates a better loyalty from the employees. That's really the, a, a bottom line component here to it. 70% of employees want to work for a company that's do, doing some good, creating some sort of impact. And so the, the nonprofits can get to know these employers by what kinds of programs they're offering and, and align the nonprofit capabilities like volunteer opportunities and things to, to, to tie closer to the, those employ, employers because the employer's group that's running this program is maybe a two or three person team for a, you know, 50,000 employee uh, organization. Um, and they need to, to create campaigns that they can leverage and, and uh, I'll make available to their employees. And they, and they want to do really good work and they want their employees to be really engaged. So it takes, it's a, it's, it's a dance between the employer nonprofit, and then the employees. Who, who's the typical liaison, liaison of the person that you would uh, talk to at the company? It would be uh, a person that's in charge of their corporate social responsibility activities. Sometimes that person works in the HR function. Sometimes they'll, they'll work in a, in a more of a, a, a corporate staff group of, of some kind. Um, and their job is to, you know, promote this kind of work uh, for the employees and also to help improve the brand and image of the, of the company, particularly in the local communities. Sometimes you have large corporations that, you know, have operations all over the country. You know, they, they might be operating in 15, 20 different, you know, states. And, and in each state, what they'll do is they'll, they'll work to create how they give back to those local communities in that, communities in that state. And what kind of impact that they can drive to help, you know, whatever the, the social issue is that they're that they're working on, whether it's early childhood education or, you know, poverty or, you know, education. Sometimes it's tied close to the company's mission. Um, sometimes it's just more around what they want to, you know, help the key problems that are in the communities that they operate. The uh, so is that the, the title. Uh, like, let's say you, you're listening to this today and you'd say, you know, I'd really like to get on uh, with this company or this other company. Uh, do they go, you know, who would they typically, they would call the director of corporate responsibility? Uh, uh, you know, what? How, is how there, do they find the person? That's really yeah, the question you're asking. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah that uh, probably is a challenge sometimes, but. Most corporations uh, in their annual reports, they have a uh, environmental, social, and governance uh, chapter in their, you know, ESG is a, is a big issue these days. And usually the, the give back components and the impact that they're trying to have is, is included in that particular strategy. So uh, a lot of times you can find the, you know, the name of the individual who's, who's operating the, those programs through that through the documentation that the company provides around that stuff. The other area that, that I see is that, you know, when uh, large numbers of employees will work, you know, and give to one organization, suddenly that organization's getting donations from a number of people with the dot 
you know, um, com component that's the same, right? Is IBM.com or, or you know, um, Dell.com. And if you see that you have a lot of employees that are giving to you at one time, you, you know that that's coming through some program like this. And you could literally, you know, contact any of those employees and say, how do I talk to the person who's organizing all this for you guys? Because uh, I'd like to get closer to you. Um, so I think there's that's a way to kind of come into the corporate side of it um, and, and be able to start that relationship with the corporation, which then gives you access to many of all their employees who would be interested in giving to you. The, the nonprofits that are part of uh, the Blackballed Giving Fund, right? So I, I'm just, uh, let me paraphrase here and edit, uh, not paraphrase, but let me uh, make sure my dots are being connected here. Uh, your organization connects corporate corporations and the employees with nonprofits. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and so therefore the nonprofits that are part of your organization, what have you seen that they, the successful ones do in their pre and how they present themselves mm -hmm. on your platform? Uh, how, what have you seen that the really good ones do? Yeah, I think there's a series of steps. It starts with as we as we started out our conversation today of defining who you are, um, and so on. That let, let's just talk that through first. So first of all, there's a platform available to these employees, and that platform allows the nonprofits to say a little bit about themselves. You know what their mission is, what kind of impact they have. You know what their where they operate, what what their constituency is like, all, all those kinds of things. Now that can get to be complicated because every one of these organizations that that run these kind of programs has some sort of platform, but there is one sort of central group that many of them draw from, which is GuideStar. So you, you know, GuideStar is a, sure. a yeah, very 90, common. They, they have their nine nineties and everything there. They got the nine nineties in there, and GuideStar has you know from bronze up through platinum in terms of levels that you can go. So I would start there and say, is my GuideStar profile? Do I feel good about it? Does it represent who we are and what we're, what we're trying to do? Because that information will flow through to many of these platforms. So there, if there's ever if there's one point of maximum leverage, it would be that for any any nonprofit. Because I know nonprofits are very stretched and, and very busy. Uh, I think that's a really good place to start. Then from there, um, what you what you would want to do is. Um, uh, trying to get an understanding of where you're where the donors are coming from. Um, so you, in your database, you're going to have these, these employees that are, that are giving and every group, every organization like black Bob giving fund that runs a program like this operates very similarly. You, you know, you'll get an ACH or a, or a check, you know, uh, funding. And behind that somewhere is the information about who gave. So there's Stephen with his address and Matt with my address. Usually it's an email and all those emails would be coming from the same IP, you know, or the same identification in terms of the corporation. So you can begin to get a sense of, well, are there corporations that are, are already involved with me uh, in a way that I'm not even aware of? And I think that would be, that's another good start. That same concept applies for just, you know, the retail DAF. Like when, when I was working with Fidelity, a lot of times I would work with, with nonprofits and say, look, there's lots of 
donor advised fund donors are already in your system. You just need to look to, to find them. Um, and when you understand who they are, then you can begin appealing to them. And that brings you to, to stage two, right? Stage two is you, classic stewardship. Thank them for participating. You know how they, they came in. An employee who gives to you for the first time is doing it intentionally. It's not something that came, you know, uh, as their, their friend said, hey, I'm running in the run tomorrow. Would you, you know, give me $50 to, to uh, donate? Uh, through these programs, most of these people are, are saying, well, what's important to me? What are the organizations I would like to give to? And so you're, as a nonprofit, seeing these people come into your system, you're already a step or two up in, in the fundraising process because they've already given to you and they've done it purposefully. And so now, you know, the, they're open to you. Um, and then the next step would be, okay, help them understand you know, what your mission is and what you're doing and how you're, how you're creating impact. And, and that will then create a longer term relationship, potentially create a longer term relationship with these donors. What do you notice about employees when they're using your platform, what they are typing in to get to the organizations that they uh, might give to? What are they, what's their search criteria often? They'll often start with a cause. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll say something hey, they know. I'm, I'm interested in helping kids with education. I'm okay. interested in, you know, uh, animal so they, welfare. So they have a drop. So you have a drop down, which will say education. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they 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 often start with the cause, and then the the system will help them understand the, the organizations that support that cause, and then the organizations that support that cause in their local area, because a large part of employee giving is local. Actually, a large part of any uh, individual giving is local. When you, when you look at it, it's, I think across the board, it's something like 50 to 60% of, of indi individual giving is done locally. Um, and so you finish what you're saying. I'm so sorry. that, that becomes an important factor in, in any nonprofit who's trying to um, attract new, new donors it's because the, the local ones are the ones that are going to be giving to you first. I, I would assume that the corporations themselves and the employees themselves um, expect your organization to have some form of due diligence in regards to these nonprofits to make sure that they are credible and they have some some. Uh, what happens in a situation where there has been foul play going on? with a nonprofit, uh, that's not the right word, but something, you know, that's not really great. Well, we'll call it impermissible. Yes. <laughs> right? yeah. 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 Well, it's all, it all starts with registration with the IRS as a 501c3. You have to go through a certain um, hurdles in order to be, you know, accepted by the IRS as an, as a le legitimate nonprofit. You have to submit yearly annual reports, the 990 that, helps the IRS um, tell, understand that whether you're still performing things in, in a charitable fashion, right? Are you acting as, as a charity? So that's the, that's the fundamental baseline. And that's what we use as, as our uh, starting point for the database. The, you don't get in the database unless you're in the, the IRS business master file, which is a list of currently legitimate charities. Um, and then from there, um, a lot of times a client will investigate further as particularly if they're choosing someone who is 
uh, going to be featured in a in a campaign, right? If you're going to open this up and say, "Hey, I we're, we've chosen ten charities that are going to be featured in our campaign this year," generally a client will want to do a little bit more research on that. And generally, what you do there is there's um, ways that you can look at through you know, the OFAC uh, regulations, you know, you, cer- certain kinds of things that the government uh, databases that that keep track of nefarious individuals and nefarious activity. And that's always a checkpoint of, you know, are the board of directors all, uh, in, you know, in good standing? Is the executive director in good standing? Those kinds of things will be typical screens that, that we can perform. Uh, and, we, and actually, Blackbaud performs them on an ongoing basis. So in addition to the IRS in good standing, we'll just make sure that all of these these tracking systems that that we that the governments run, we keep track of so that if something pops up there, we'll put a, a charity on hold. Um, how many charities are there on the platform? Right now, there's 1.5 million. And that's 1.3 directly out of the business master file and then a couple hundred thousand of, of schools and, and uh, houses of worship that wouldn't necessarily be part of the business master file. Now, um, is there a average number that a company would um, want their employees to see? Like, are they selective about their, you know, I would imagine they would be. I mean, you, if you have, I know there's, um, I'm not going to mention any names, um, but there, there's one p- company in particular that refuses to um, allow their employees to get abortions. And um, this is a recent thing. This has been going on for a while. So they don't, uh, the way that they handle it is their insurance, medical insurance doesn't pay for that type of procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so I'm assuming that a company like that wouldn't want, you know, a, uh, a, a organization, a nonprofit that's helping people get abortions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a wide variety of reasons why a company wouldn't want some charities to be in their acceptable base. And so what we do is we'll offer the, it's, it's just a, a thing that they can sign up for uh, themselves. They can say, we want these criteria to come out. Okay. Um, you know, some of them say no houses of worship, just not, not because they have a problem with any houses of worship, but they just feel like it's, you know, they want to be secular. Some of them have, you know, there's a variety of different things that, that uh, companies will do. In addition, by the way, it goes the other way. There's nonprofits that don't want to see, receive funds from certain companies mm. because it again it gets yeah. out of sync with what their values are and what they're doing. It's not as those companies are perfectly good companies. Those nonprofits are perfectly legitimate nonprofits. It's just that they're they're not in the same um, perspective of of whatever it is that they're doing. And so, we'll, what we will do is make sure that those uh, organizations are pulled out of the available list for any given set of employees. Now you said there's, there's over a million nonprofits on the platform. How many companies are on the platform? Uh, right now it's uh, just shy of 500. 500. And, yeah. And that's uh, all different sizes of companies. It goes uh, from that, that you know, multinationals yeah. that, you know, have uh, operations all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do you think your company is headed? Where, where, what's the direction where it's, it's headed? Well, I would say in general, um, what we're trying to do is, like we said, our, our mission is to, 
you know, unleash generosity and by connecting the donors to the causes that they care about. And I think that over time, what we're going to be doing is, is helping both employees and the nonprofits see where impact is occurring um, so that nonprofits can, can help demonstrate to employees the kinds of great work that they're doing and the corporations can demonstrate to their constituents by getting involved with these organizations, the good that they're giving back to their communities. So to me, it all comes back down to, you know, how much good is, are we able to achieve here and uh, doing it for both reasons of, you know, the altruistic reason of achieving the good, as well as the benefits you get uh, from a, a brand perspective of, you know, showing that you're actually care and that you're, you're creating some good in the world. Is the, do you think your plat since, you, you said earlier on that a lot of people want to make donations local. Yeah. So is, is there a percentage of the money donated that you can say that backs, you know, I'm not, uh, I believe you what you're saying. I'm just saying, is it, is it 80% of all dollars that are go out on uh, through this platform to local charities, is it ninety percent? You know, what it, do, do you know what it is approximately? Yeah, that, I I don't have that number uh, specifically from our database, but in in studies that I've seen, um, it's generally in around the fifty percent range. Okay, so fifty percent local, fifty percent yeah. is national organizations. Right, right. So the, you know, the way I think about it is, let, let's say you know. Stephen, you know, you, you went to college someplace other than where, where you're living now, but you're involved in the community right. now. So, you, you know, you're giving to the community, but yet you still give to your alma mater. And so then there's, it creates a little bit of a split between your, where you are today and versus where your, your life has been in the past. In, in general, do the corporations that participate in what your, uh, your organization, if someone wants to go outside of that group to make a donation – do they still match it or do they then say, do they say, you know what, we're willing to match, but it needs to be in these approved nonprofits. If you go outside of this list, then, you know, we will give you a different amount or we, we will not match. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. There are, um, I would say in the main, corporations are trying to offer their employees as broad a spectrum of charities to give to as possible. All right. So sometimes if they'll if they'll limit it, like what the conversation we had just a few minutes ago, what they might say is, hey, you know, you can give to any charity in this in this database, but we'll only match those, you know, all, we'll match anything other than these categories. Right. Because then they're they're trying to say, I don't want to control my employees, you know, personal yeah. behavior. Yeah. I just don't want to support something that that uh, is, is against what principles that, that we particularly have. So that's a very common way of doing it, where instead of removing the charity completely from the list, they'll simply remove it from the match. So right. now the, uh, the employees that are making donations, what are you seeing in age uh, donations? So, so uh, people in their 20s versus people in their 50s, you know, I mean, you know, not, I'm just giving that as an example, but based on generations... What trends are you seeing? Well, I think it's very similar to what trends you see overall, whereas as you get older, you give more. And I think that's just a, a, an element of, you know, people's ability to create wealth, right? 
reluctant, you know, giving well, is usually we something say, that's when we say more, we, we're talking about the the true dollar amount, not yeah. a percentage of what Correct. they make overall. Right, because right. I don't the think do- they Yeah. Yeah, the dollars go up as the as the age goes up. Yeah. Um so a younger person that's in their, you know, in their mid twenties that's just starting out, they'll they'll, you know, you give a couple hundred dollars or something as you get, you know, the senior manager of a large group organization would give a couple thousand, you know? Um, and that's, that's generally what, what you tend to see. What, um, and as far as causes that you say, uh, what are younger people, uh, care about more than you see older people on a percentage basis? Yeah. I, I think in general, what you tend to see is that, uh, people who are, are older will tend to focus more on, you know, education, health, religious kinds of activities. Um, and then as you, as you start shifting down, you're getting a, a little bit more of a shift towards what I'll call social justice issues. Yep. Um, uh, you know, or, or, um, very local kinds of, of issues like poverty and, and, and things like that. So they're, they're more of the humanitarian and social side of it. And you see that too, particularly disaster philanthropy is a, is a huge uh, driver of, of uh, giving and, and getting people active. So, you know, the, the earthquake that hits, the, you know, the, the terrible, uh, you know, hurricanes that come through and totally disrupt people's lives. It becomes a very emotional thing. And that's one that, that often drives a lot of young people to get involved and, and to help out. So I, I would I would say that if you are a, a you know this this podcast is geared towards smaller nonprofits uh, if you're a smaller nonprofit that getting on these type of platforms especially because over fifty percent of the employees uh, want to give local right that getting on these platforms should be a big part of your fundraising strategy. I think so. I, th- I think it's an important part because these employees are y- your future, right? They're the younger people who are just beginning to, to start out um, being philanthropists. They don't even know that they are a philanthropist, but they're just, they're starting it. And uh, to know that number one, it's, you know, a lot of it's given locally. Number two, they're starting out. Number three is when they give to you, they're, they're actually doing their, they're taking some of their first actions on a proactive basis. Those are all really strong signals of creating some sort of a relationship with those those employees, and so to be able to identify who they are, sometimes they're already in your database, you know. And if you can see that people are giving through, um, uh, you know, in a corporate thing through this email, simple email description that I talked about, all these programs that I've seen, you know, ourselves and our competitors, the default is. The employee says that the they, their name can be shared. They have to check a box to say, "I want to be anonymous." So, uh, a vast majority of them are telling the the nonprofit who they are, and that's just a you know a, a great start to say, "Well, let's find out these people in the in this database, begin to understand them." Then you have the chance to both communicate with them because they gave you a way to communicate with them, uh, and potentially communicate with the the corporation that they're working for to get more involved and create great volunteer opportunities and things for their next campaign, because these companies are always searching for new ideas to introduce to their employees. 
And last question, uh, what challenge do you think your company has coming going forward? Well, um, I, I think it's how to use this technology in a way that it just doesn't feel like a transaction. Because yep. you know that it, it is very much a you know large number kind of, of problem to solve. And you often do that through scale and efficiency. And if all it becomes is a transaction, then you don't get to what is at the heart of giving, which is the heart. <laughs> you know, uh, people want to believe in what they're doing and they want to feel good about it. And if you're just clicking a button, sometimes you don't, that's not enough. It doesn't create that emotional connection. So I think that what's a challenge for us is that, and anybody who's in, the, in this kind of work is that, is you're dealing with the large numbers you're dealing with, you want to create the, you know, the biggest impact. You want to move as much money as you can to the nonprofit sector. You can, when you're working in business, it can easily move to, okay, there's tech solutions to this, there's AI, there's all these things that we can do. But it comes back to your very first question you asked me, what's so important? You got to know the donor. You got you to gotta connect with, with individuals. And, yeah, and the, cra- the, the, the crazy part is a 40% turnover of people who donate to, that don't donate again. Uh, and it's just unbelievable that, you know, and so I can see where you're coming from because you can't control how a, a nonprofit treats the donors, uh, right. you know, and so maybe a person donates and then that nonprofit, I'm being, uh, exaggerating, never contacts the person again, never sends them communication, never says thank you, and just keeps asking for more money. Maybe that's the way they communicate, right? Uh, We all hate that, right? Yeah. And that's just fundraising 101, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't do those things. You, you have to create a connection and, and the, my personal situation is, is just like that. I mean, there's organizations I give to mainly because what they help me understand about them excites me. And, and I'm, they're always doing new things and creating new outcomes that, uh, that make me feel as an individual good about giving to them. And I, I think yeah. that's, that's a fundamental that, that is, is true no matter who you're talking about. And it's important for people like me who are helping connect the two sides to keep that in mind, because that way we can be better at creating the emotion, you know, helping people ex- explore and understand what they're trying to do and, and connecting people that think alike. Is there, does, does it become a point, I lied, I didn't have the last question before. Um, <laughs> is it, does it become a point, and I, I know this is a, a tricky situation, where you aren't happy with a nonprofit, the way they communicate, uh, and you, cut, you take them off the platform? Um, the only time that I'll take somebody off a platform is if they're doing something that's really, you know, that's inappropriate, that's impermissible, that's illegal, that, you know, if they're being investigated by a, a, um, you know, attorneys general, um, that's, that's, you know, they're off until that thing is resolved. Yeah. If they're, you know, we will will detect fraud occasionally and, you know, or, or highly suspect fraud that we reach out to the attorney general. So those are cases where we'll, uh, we'll put them on, on hold until it's resolved. Hmm. All right. 
Well, that was my last question. So uh, <laughs> we started off, and I must admit, with uh, me not quite understanding what uh, Blackballed uh, Giving Fund does. Uh, and now I, I, I get it. So uh, so I would like to thank so very much uh, Matt Nash from the Blackballed Giving Fund. It's B-L-A-C-K-B-A-U-D, Giving Fund for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast, please give us a five-star review. It actually gets the word out. Uh, When we're in the top 3% of most listened to podcasts for for the nonprofit category, and um, it's certainly something I was never expecting and I'm really happy about it. Um, and if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, uh, please feel free to visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And Matt, if anyone gets in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Contact information is on our, our website. It's blackbodgivingfund.org. Great. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. It's terrific talking to you. I had a great conversation today. Yeah. And I want to leave everybody like I usually do with this idea. I want to thank our listeners for making the world a better place. Um, We all know that uh, we need it. We've always needed it. It's not something new, but we definitely need people like you who are the generals out there, who are the leaders make every single day. You're trying to make the world a better place. I know Matt and I are doing our part in our own little way. Um, but you guys are out there every single day, and I thank you for that. I just want to remind you that you have to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself first, then you're no good to your family, your employees, or your cause. And so think about that every single day when you get up. You say, what, what am I going to do? What are you going to do to help you have the energy that you'll need to make this world a better place? So other than that, uh, everybody have a great day. Get out, enjoy smelling the roses. It's springtime right now, and it's so great to not have to have winter, depending on where you are in the country, of course. All right, everybody, have a great day. I'll see you later. 